which part of my body responds when I have that hit of intuition telling me not to go to a certain space, right? Maybe it's my foot twitches every time something's in me saying, don't do that. My life used to feel like I was stuck on autopilot, trapped in the same thought loops, worries, and fears. Then something major happened. Enter psychedelics. My name is Kat Walsh, and you're listening to Trip On This. Join me as we journey together into these mysterious realms, discussing everything from personal transformation, otherworldly experiences, and practical at-home tips. Welcome, fellow traveler, to the land of limitless possibilities. Welcome back, my friends. It's your host, Kat Walsh. This next episode with Quest Brown was such a fun, interesting, and provocative conversation probably because we don't shy away from any of the big metaphysical ideas, experiences, and topics, including things like channeling, seeing spirits, and just other visionary states. Quest is a sacred medicine practitioner and an integration coach who holds monthly online circles for men in particular called Surrender. This conversation is so much fun, and I cannot wait for everyone to hear it. But before we get into today's episode, there are two sponsors that I want to talk to you about. So the first sponsor is somebody you've heard me talk about before, mud water. In fact, I am currently drinking an iced matcha mud water as we speak to create this episode. Typically when I have caffeine or I guess coffee caffeine, I there's no doubt that the euphoria of like the sharp spike of that kind of high can feel good for a moment. Um, but it's almost honestly like 50, 50 for me where if I'm not in the right state of mind or already kind of on a productive path, uh, that quickly can turn into some low level anxiety for me that seems to permeate throughout the day and oftentimes headaches and jitters. And so if you guys are thinking about 2024, and you're thinking about, you know, new habits that you're wanting to form, potentially, if you're like me, wanting to cut back on, say, your coffee intake, but still want to feel productive for your new year, still want to feel like you've got the energy to do the tasks, the things, the parenting, whatever it is, to accomplish the day and also feel your best doing it, I highly recommend Mud Water. Whether that's the original Rise Cacao Formula, which is actually based with kind of more of a chai tea taste, it also includes adaptogenic mushrooms, Ayurvedic herbs, or like me, I love the matcha. I like to say, this is not your normal matcha though. So all my matcha drinkers out there, if you're like, yeah, cool, matcha with like adaptogenic mushrooms and herbs, great. Yes, and, because it definitely has its own unique flavor profile. And for me, it's of course, like anything, it comes with how you doctor it up. I like to do a little bit of almond milk. I like to put some honey and I like to ice it. If you're interested in trying out Mudwater, there is a link in the description of this episode that will take you right to the website and give you 20% off. Again, the code is TRIPONTHIS if you go directly to the website, uh, or you could just follow the link in the description and it'll take you right there. Apply it automatically to your order and you can get on the right start for 2024. The second sponsor of today's episode is from Pilgrim Soul Publishing. Now, you guys have heard me talk about their journal, the creative thinking journal for when you're high. It's literally called, please use this journal while you are high, creative thinking journal. You may have seen it. You may have heard me talk about it. This was basically intended for the times that you are, let's just say, under the influence of cannabis or if you're microdosing and you want to actually channel that experience into a creative exercise. 
right? Whatever we decide to do with these experiences when our state is in an altered, when our mind is in an altered state, we can make it as productive or creative or relaxing as we want it to be. If you're hearing this on, let's see, what is it? December 19th is when this episode's going to come out. If you're hearing it then, check, see if you can get this before Christmas because this would be a really fun gift. The second piece that I'm really excited to talk to you about with Pilgrim Soul Publishing is that they actually just released a new game. So for all my people out there that like to play games with their friends, are into games like Cards Against Humanity, for instance, this game is basically a mashup between Cards Against Humanity and Charades. So if you've been looking for something new to play with your friends, especially I'm thinking right now, again, like date wise, it's December 19th. So like New Year's, for instance, if you're getting together with your friends and playing games like this in a circle, having fun this way sounds interesting to you. This might be an interesting game to check out, to bring with you into 2024. It's all about creativity. Ultimately, that's what I really like about this brand is It's all creative ways to be adults, adults, creativity, humor, you know, not taking ourselves so seriously. And uh, as someone who loves to accidentally start taking things too seriously, it's a good reminder for me as well. So if you're interested in checking out either the uh, creative thinking journal or this new That's Not Funny, a ridiculous role play game, definitely check it out. There is a link in the description of this episode for Pilgrim Soul Publishing. And you can use the code TRIPONTHIS to get you 20% off on your entire order. So with that, I pass it over to Quest Brown. Let's do it. Jonathan Quest Brown, it is so good to see your face again. We uh, got to hang out uh, at least like two or three times, right? In Denver at MAPS's Psychedelic Conference. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was a good time. I'm really looking forward for people to, for myself included, you know, really learning about your journey into working with these sacred plant medicines, uh, working with men's groups, doing Reiki. You just do a handful of things that are like right up my alley. Now, now that we've like teased that a little bit, let's let's talk about you and how you even came to this path. How did you? This is a very different life that you're living, right? I, I imagine like all of us, we didn't start here. So what did life look like before and how did you begin walking a more spiritual path towards doing medicine work, Reiki, tarot? So yeah, my life before this, uh, actually I was working in tech mm-hmm. um, and in like the startup industry for several years. And then also um, hip hop, I make music. so. You know, that was my life before I started to work on my healing. And what had happened uh, almost five years ago, my mom had passed away unexpectedly. Mm. Uh, She had a heart attack, just completely out the blue. Uh, My mom raised me. You know, I have no siblings. My dad, you know, he's around, but he wasn't in the picture, you know. So I'm 37 years old now. And when my mom unexpectedly passed, like she was super healthy, she had a heart attack. It just rocked my world. Mm. And when was that again? I I'm never, sorry. Um, October 11th, 2018. Oh wow, recent. Oh okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it completely rocked my world. Um, just something you know, you never know when that's going to happen, right? And then, you know, I like. Part of me was like, oh, I wish it was like one of those situations where, okay, she's sick and we know how much time we have, right? Mm -hmm. But this was like 
an instant. She was completely gone. I was at her house the night before, and then the next day, uh, that was it. She was she was out. So wow. I'm so glad you got to see her the night before, though. Yeah, you know the, the crazy thing um, that was spirit working with really? me before I even knew what spirit was. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've always been like open, but it was just more like reading about different religions and cultures and whatnot. You know, I never really put my foot into uh, all of this now, but yeah, uh, she kept hitting me up like, hey, I want to see you, I want to see you. And I was tired because I had the kids and we had to do homework. And I was like, no, let me just go. Let's just go. And we spent like three hours at our house. Um, and then the next day, like I said, she had a heart attack getting ready for work. Wow. So wow. fast forward though, like the next day after she passed, um, I can remember sitting on my couch, you know, crying like six o'clock in the morning. And this was my first interaction with the gifts that I now embrace. Um, I can hear her talking to me very clear, like like you and I are talking, telling me that she's sorry that she had to go and she didn't know, but this is it. <laughs> wow. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like her so, human, her humanness didn't have any idea. Yeah, yeah, her humanness had any idea, right? But yeah. you know, God had called her, and um, so I left <laughs> Pittsburgh. That's where I'm at. I'm, I live in Pittsburgh. I left Pittsburgh and went to Amsterdam for the first time by myself because I just didn't get away. And this was the first time I had an encounter with uh, psychedelics all on my own, not knowing what I was doing. Um, it was with magic truffles. And it was in a recreational sense, you know, which I, I don't think anything is wrong with. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had that experience. Again, it opened me up, and I just did it because I was searching for something because I, lo- I felt like I lost everything. Yeah. And I came back home, and that's when I discovered, you know, uh, kundalini yoga, um, meditation. I actually found a mentor that taught me how to meditate, and then just, like, everything else started to come, Reiki. And et cetera. And this was like super, super fast. When you were when you were starting this path, you know, I, I hear this a great deal. When people have a spiritual awakening, it comes in many forms, right? Sometimes it can come through a psychedelic experience. Sometimes it could be uh, through grief is a big one. It's a really, really big yeah. one for people to like put them on the path. And it sounds like your path accelerated very quickly from there. When you began Kundalini Yoga and began opening up, your ability to connect with spirit and started to just kind of understand, obviously, just go on a whole new path of understanding uh, the deeper aspects of yourself. What was happening on the outside? Did you have friends in your life that were like, what's up, Quest? Like, what's going on with you? Or um, it sounds like you had a pretty small family, so it wasn't like a, probably a whole lot of family input, but from from friends, from maybe coworkers, what were they noticing in you in this transition phase? Uh, you know what? <sighs> Thinking about it right now, I feel like a lot of people didn't know what to do, you know? Yeah. Because um, it was it's always been my mom me, and me, right? Like since day one. And I do realize like a lot of people, you know, reached out for support, but... It was like, we don't know what to do and we don't understand what he's doing, but we know he's going through something, right? right? So we just want to love him from a distance and let him go. 
And I, um, I definitely sheltered myself for like two years, you know, of doing, uh, all the work of like exploring yoga, exploring with these, these sacred medicines, uh, specifically mushrooms and LSD at the time. That's what I was, uh, exploring with and meditation. And then I just found a community through, uh, my Reiki teacher, you know, cause that's what I was into and my friends and family, mm-hmm. that was something they weren't into. So I had to like go out and search for something right. new mm-hmm. and it felt really alone to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, but it was two years of that, just like me being closed indoors mm-hmm. and spending a lot of time with, you know, the spiritual community that was kind of really small here in Pittsburgh, but it was just me being a student and I'm always a student, yeah. but like, I was just by myself the entire time and exploring, oh. opening mm-hmm. doors, not knowing where I was going, but I was going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was next? When did, when did this exploration begin to uh, become kind of crystal clear to you to start coming out in the world and sharing what it has been that uh, you were learning? Yeah. So that actually started around the time Clubhouse uh-huh. like popped yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? that, the um, moment? We remember that moment. <laughs> yeah, you know, like everybody was like on Clubhouse. And mm-hmm. um, I remember getting on there and was like, wow, okay, I'm no longer alone. There's a lot more people around the world that have experienced this. And, you know, for a while I sat and listened and then I felt called to speak. And that was spirit telling me, okay, you spent two years behind closed doors. Now it's time for you to share your experiences, share what you know, because other people are going through it or will go through it and they need some guidance. So I was actually really grateful to have uh, that time on Clubhouse because I let a, mm-hmm. a lot of my soul family now, because again, my family's small and we're kind of dis. My friends are now becoming my soul family. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it's cool. I love that because, and I love for people listening to that, it's there the this the story or the the lesson that I hear in that is take the time that you need to get yourself back into a state of alignment, and then ultimately when you feel that push out to start, you know, to get back out there to share to share your story to share all of our stories because. I think it, that's what gives us permission also. It may, what makes us feel not so crazy when we're going through really wild encounters, you know, for those that mm-hmm. have had mystical experiences or you're talking about Kundalini, right? Like I remember the first time I was having like Kundalini activations and body, my body was like being in meditation. Yeah. I'm like, you know, like just such like, like spasming, like just like shooting, like, like shoot, like just so like un- involuntary, like, uh, crazy energy bursts, right? Like coming through. And um, it wasn't until I was like, you know, trying to figure out like, is this normal? And then just having people then finally like learning like, oh, like Kundalini activations. Oh yeah, yeah, people have these. Like, oh, right. (laughs) Like, um, but kind of in a vacuum, it's really hard to understand what's going on. And it is isolating because most, if people aren't, if people haven't experienced it yet and you try to talk about it, um, they might listen. But right. there, I feel like there's there's that listening with like they're listening with their minds because the mind is trying to wrap its head around something that it's just never experienced yeah. yet, you know. And so if you yeah. haven't experienced yet, it's just a story. It's just that's just right. the, that's actually the that's the difference between belief 
And knowing is just, knowing is just, you've, you've experienced it. And everything else is belief. You've been told it and it might resonate, but it's until it's actually lived, then it becomes uh, real knowledge. At least that's how I, yeah. I think of the distinction nah, between the two. I agree. Um, you know, and actually it's funny that you say that because I got tired of telling my story to people because yeah. like they sat and listened, but they didn't, they didn't get it. And I right. just was like, all right, I need to stop. Yeah. Just yeah. telling anyone anything that's not going to get it from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it's but something you know, I have to learn along my journey. Yeah. But you know, there, there's like, I always say there's like a fine line because like there's, um, yes, I feel like right at the beginning of a spiritual awakening, we love to share about it. Right. I feel like there's like, I, there's like hilarious stages to me that are like so many people find themselves like on the same, like, oh my God, the world is not what we seem. Everything is right. dark. It's, you know, like, well, there's just the, the layers of what the awakening path is. And certainly, um, sharing is a big part, I think, especially in the beginning. Uh, and then there becomes a, I think, and you probably notice this too, you can share a little bit of yourself and there's a, you can tell if there's like a real curiosity from someone that it's like, yes. like whatever you just said, like they're like leaning in, like, well, what do you mean by that? Where there, mm -hmm. there's something in their spirit that is wanting more, you know, and that's how we're all little activator, little lighthouses for each other, I yeah. think. And so uh, finding finding the balance of sharing when when it's appropriate and when it's right and when that when there's a real reciprocated mm -hmm. uh, audience, it's very easy to know when you're when you're seeing the eyes glaze over. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you it go is. like, okay, well, but the but the nice thing about that is even if the people like Let's imagine now, fast forward in two years, let's say one of the people that you remember talking to that just didn't get it might be having their awakening and suddenly go, right. man, I remember talking to Quest, like, who can I go to now? Oh, yeah, like, hey, so like, I didn't get it then, but I need help now. And so that's, I, that's why I feel like there's always inherent value no matter what. No, I agree. I definitely agree because I've, I've experienced that with uh, a couple close friends and family members too, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't their time. And I had to learn to respect that. Yeah. I didn't know that in the beginning, yes. yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with you for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about some of your most profound psychedelic experiences. Is there one that really stands <laughs> out to you as, as like something that just come, whatever the first thing that comes to you as like a moment, I feel like that's the story that's meant to be shared. Cause it sounds like you probably had yeah. many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so the one that comes to me that was like really really profound um i was actually you know spending some time with the sacred mushroom and they showed me when i'm going to take my last breath and how it's going to be and who's going to be there with me at oh that my time God. and your age and everything yeah yeah it, it was super it was like super deep um everything oh. that night was around family dynamics and relationships um but yes it was like very specific um me being in costa rica at a retreat center that i owned um and now obviously you know things can change but it was very very specific about where i'm going to be at my age who's going to be there with me and you know holding my hand as i'm taking uh, my last breath and it was with a, a special a special person and also that same night um i found out some information about my kids you know i'm a father 
my son is 14, my daughter is 10. And it showed me that, you know, at the birth, I've always thought about like, do I want a third kid? Because I love being a dad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, you know, um, it was like, ah, I'm good with two, but maybe a third if the right person comes around, right? Because I've been married and divorced. Sure, so, sure. you know, it showed me that, you know, when my kids were in their mother's womb, that the spirit of Athena was in my daughter mm-hmm. and the spirit of Apollo was in my son. Mm-hmm. And it made sense to how they are now and the way that they operate in life. And then and I had asked about a third child while I'm still in this space. And the mushroom, <laughs> the mushroom gave me a very clear message like, hey, we just want to let you, if you have a third child, you can, but it's going to be a problem child. And the reason why it's going to be a problem child is because in a past life, you were involved with the dark arts. So you made a pact (laughs) with the dark arts that your third child will be a dark problem child like its entire life in jail, et cetera, all the whole nine. And the reason why I made this pact in this past life, right, is because in the dark arts, they pretty much essentially gave me the knowledge and the abilities to operate the way that I do in, in these realms, right? So, but the deal for that was to, for me to give them my third child. <laughs> so. Wow. So now, so now the, the real, the real, uh, <laughs> the, the real interesting test is if you meet someone who absolutely wants to have a kid, you're like, huh, well, what do I do here now? <laughs> do I tell you? Do I tell you yeah. about what I had this kind of a prophecy uh, experience happen? You know, it's, um, it's funny. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's it. That's true because there's actually a second part to this. Um, I spent some time with a medicine woman just doing some training, you know, uh, in in shamanism um, as a student and a practitioner, and we started to dive into past life work, and I told her what I experienced, and you know, through the drum you're able to go into these altered states of consciousness just by using the drum. And I went back to this past life. She was like, you need to go back and see what happened. So I went back to the past life that, you know, I wanted to see, which was me doing this dark arts. And I could remember very vividly that it took me back into like the dark ages. Like if you're looking like like a Game of Thrones times, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as I'm walking through the streets, I go into a house on this road and I go into the basement and I can see myself with this cloak on and my face looked like uh, Aleister Crawley. And I had these books of like ancient texts stacked up and open. And in the room, there was rats going around, but there was also a very big orgy happening between men and women. And I'm like orchestrating the whole thing. What? And um, yeah, it was it was like really wild. So wild. You know, I was only in there for like thirty minutes, and um, I didn't go back to like see the whole thing. But she said she pretty much said there's a way you can undo this, but you need to go back to that past life. And yeah, I, see, that's exactly right? what I was thinking. Was like it seemed to me it seems to be that you've been gifted with the knowledge ahead of time, right? So 
mm-hmm. with with that knowledge maybe there's there's a key within it because otherwise if it if it was meant to be like cloaked just the whole like this is just part of your path is like okay this is the karmic you know cycle right of like you made this pact okay now we're here where like suddenly you're getting um a moment of clarity or like a window into it to potentially shift or alchemize it in some way and that i that was going to obviously be a um a really interesting journey that i feel like i'd want to see a movie about (laughs) (laughs) i want to i kind of want to see this movie uh i know it's your life so i feel like i shouldn't say that but it just feels like it's almost like cinematic in the way of like of how it how you need to like undo this deal (laughs) yeah you know what I think it could be um, something because it's funny that, you know, along my journey, I've uh, developed a new nickname that someone has blessed me with. It's the Saucy Sorcerer. I saw that Saucy Sorcerer. (laughs) Well, you're like, you're orchestrating orgies, so, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, just like all fits. But, yeah, we'll see if it happens. That's funny. To make the movie. Yeah, totally. (laughs) When you are so kind of on this line of thinking all all of this now for those watching and what's interesting is this is a very different type of episode than I normally do a trip on this I usually um don't go into more of the spiritual realms and things like that even though I'm quite spiritual (laughs) and have had lots of like really far out um inexplicable Mm. experiences and uh, I find myself always being very cautionary uh around around the show um because of uh, the part of me that is always trying to be just be like so diplomatically in the middle. So like just yeah. always, you know, not wanting to project my beliefs onto those listening, especially, uh, you know, keeping keeping everything like very agnostic, I guess. But um, I, I'd like to not do that on this one. I'd like to just allow ourselves to just go on more of a journey of what your experiences are and just allow that to sit with people and for everyone to just kind of take what they will from it. So yeah, cool. All right, cool. So, so, um, the first question I want to ask also about kind of traveling in these different realms is have you experienced any like beings or entities of any kind? I know you also actually, no, I'm going to leave your mom question separate. So beings or entities while you're traveling? Yeah. I mean, and honestly it happens with the, without the, the medicine. Um, it's like, you know, that was part of my training in the mm-hmm. two years. That's what I was really going through. I was in the training grounds of working with, you know, learning how to navigate the, the spiritual streets. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. I call it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I like the spiritual streets. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's there's good stuff and then there's, you know, there's, there's stuff that you don't want to interact with. And I had interactions with both. There was a lot of mm-hmm. tests that were like showing me the work that I was going to be doing to help other people. You know, everybody has their role and yeah. I've, I've realized and accepted that this is my role to navigate those realms and be able to, you know, properly handle whatever might pop up, if that's the case. Yeah, it sounds like it's almost like a, in many ways without, I know you don't label yourself um, like a shaman, but it's on the shamanic path, right? Because I feel like that is one of the biggest mm, like delineate delineations that I, I think of yeah. at least when I think of a shaman is someone who's able to traverse in those 
<laughs> those spiritual walk the spiritual streets and uh, <laughs> and know how to deal with a lot of different types of energies and beings. Can you describe now? Let me let me ask you some like practicals. Yeah. Are you do you see spirit with your eyes open? Is it an eyes closed thing? Is it both? Um, you know, it's most of the time it's with my eyes closed and my third eye. Like I can mm-hmm. see very clear with my eyes closed, but there are situations, especially when I'm in a medicine, like my eyes are open and obviously, you know, that's enhancing that. But on a day to day, I can sit and close my eyes and see very clear with my third eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also get a feeling too. There's a very, very specific feeling that I know I'm, there's a guest around or whatever that might mm-hmm. be, um, spirit or entity or mm-hmm. ancestor maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, it, it's developed to a point where I joke around and like tell people like, hey, I have a spiritual cell phone that I just like <laughs> yeah, visually yeah. open up, <laughs> just dial yeah, and totally. speak with who I need to speak with, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's actually, that's perfect because it's my kind of my next question, which is just around channeling and um, and and sensing and seeing spirit. I think actually I'm going to reverse my questions that I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like what you're talking about is like a little bit of clairvoyance, a little bit of clear sentience and clear audience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. First, first, can you, uh, I mean, I know I just said it, but can you describe what those three are just in case those three terms are f- foreign for people listening? Yeah, so clairvoyance is the ability to, you know, again, the sight, you know, everybody has these clairs and there's a lot more, but these are like my three primary ones that I am in tune with. And the other ones you can develop, but clairvoyance is really your sight. You know, for me, it's my third eye having my eyes closed, but for some other people, it might be with their eyes open. Um, mm-hmm. Again, everybody has access to to these clairs, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, that's the one thing, again, I had to learn along my journey, right? Um, clairsentience is that that feeling, right? That feeling of that. I kind of like to refer to like that gut feeling, like yeah. ah, mm-hmm. something is not right. Yes. And, you know, the clear audience is, you know, your ability to like really tune in what you're hearing and hear yes. beyond what's in the room. Um you know, I will also say the clear cognizance is something that I tap into mainly in my um, readings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the knowing of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I have to like really, really focus on that. It's not like, hey, I'm just chilling and something drops in my head like 24-7. Right. I have to like really tune in for that one. Yes, so. yes. That's, that's, I'd love for you to talk about that process now and and you know, some call it channeling, right? Like some call it when you're tuning in, um, when you're tuning into more of those like subtle perceptive realms. Can you talk about a little bit about what your, pro- what your personal process is? Let's say you were just talking about doing a reading. So say you and I were doing a reading. What is your process of tuning in now um, with someone in a channel state? Like what are you experiencing? Yeah, that's a great question because like <laughs> it's it's funny um, because like in my Reiki sessions, you know, it really, it happens a lot. And I can remember when I first started doing Reiki, um, I was getting a, a lot of heavy visuals and I didn't know what they meant. You know, it'd be like random numbers, uh, maybe pictures or something like that. So, you know, what I would do at the end of my sessions in the very beginning, I would write 
all this stuff down and then sit with my client and I pop open the laptop like, hey, I got all this stuff. I don't know what it means, but we're going to go to Google and see what it means. <laughs> right, right, so we're right, using right, Google right. going through it. <laughs> and like the spiritual meanings were all on point for the person. Yeah. So, you know, I love that. As I learned to fine tune and control it now, um, it's just really like, it's like a matter of turning it on because um, yes. I've learned how to control it. And what that process is like, I normally just, again, tune in, close my eyes. And, you know, if you and I are doing a reading, I'm going to ask for your permission to tap in the spirit and source and pull whatever messages that they have for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And normally um, if someone's sitting with me at this point, they're going to say yes. Right. Because they're there for a reason. So once we have that access in a tarot reading, I'll go through the cards and the way that I do it, I just kind of like, no, no yes or no questions, but what do you want to know about? Shuffle the cards, and I just kind of go through, and the cards speak to me, like, hey, pull me, and then mm-hmm. I'll keep going until the next one says, pull me, yeah, and et cetera. Yeah. Now, yes. if I don't use the cards, it's just normally spirit giving me visuals and saying, like, hey, uh, there's a guy in, or woman in Kat's life that, you know, pumped gas in her car three weeks ago, ask her what, how she feels about all hey, Is there someone that you interacted with at a, a gas station? And like, oh, yeah, there actually was somebody that caught my attention and so on. And we just kind of go from there. You know, it's just oh, really like playing uh-huh. yep, yep. Uh, a game of discovery and being like an investigator, you know? Yes. Um, yep. mm-hmm. So we kind of go from there. That's the, my process, uh, yeah. pulling up the spiritual cell phone. Just going straight I, lo- to I, lo- I love the spiritual cell phone. I love you're on the streets with your spiritual cell phone. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> and, and you know what's, you know what like strikes me too is um, why, why what you're saying resonates with me a lot. The, the way that, the way that I've always been told and how I've also <clears throat> experienced spirit is that typically it's very like short, sentences clear like couple words like you're saying like mm-hmm. a few numbers you know if there's like if it's super long wind in this and that like it's usually like the mind getting in there like right. <laughs> the, the mind can can be i feel like that the part of our the higher aspect of our mind can have a dialogue with the a message right and be like can you clarify right like that's that i feel like is the the relationship building and this is a perfect segue now into talking about intuition right because i think this is all uh this is all a different words for something that we all have, mm-hmm. which is intuition, right? That is our ability yeah. to um, listen to the inner voice. And without, you know, trying to differentiate what that inner voice is, whether it's your angels or your higher self or this and that, there is an inner voice that that speaks to us. Um, how, how do people begin to cultivate that relationship with that inner knowing within themselves? Oof, you know, um, What's coming to me right now is to say, think about how you were as a child, right? I think our imagination plays a huge part in our intuition because, you know, you see children at a very young age looking up at the stars, telling their parents they want to go to the moon. Oh, I'm going to walk on the side of this house and jump off and land on my feet, right? It's this stuff that they really, really believe. And then parents, you know, just in society, we're telling them, no, you can't do that. So for me, it's been a process of going back and remembering and spending time with my inner child and my imagination. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're able to do that, 
you are able to really tap into that intuition because again, child children believe everything that they're saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> at a yeah. very young age. And that's when it comes in, like as an adult, our intuition or our higher self or whatever it might be saying something. And I'm like, ah, oh, was that really yeah. the truth? Yeah. Or like, you know, so that's what I would say. You know, you know, it's funny about that. It just reminded me of like kids, the amount of gaslighting we do to kids, right? So a kid that's three or four, the idea of let me make this up now because like I'm trying to put you on or I try to like, I, are they even at the, the age where they even feel like, let me make up a story now a, so that I can get some particular outcome that's not actually happening. It just feels to me that they're just actually just saying what's in front of them because there's no agenda yet when you're three. You just say say it how it is. But somehow, because an adult or most of the world can't see it, it's now an imaginary friend instead of spirit, right? right. Like, and it's just it's just funny and sad actually about the, the amount of gaslighting we do, and and I can imagine why. So many kids, right, with, with imaginary friends that see ghosts and beings. Like, I'm sure there's people listening that are like, oh, yeah, when I was little, I saw that. But when we're told over and over again that what you're seeing isn't real, well, that's how you get disconnected from it is you go, yeah, oh, okay, well, to protect myself, I'm being told that what I'm seeing isn't real. And so you just kind of separate yourself out from, you know, those spaces and places. But I can imagine, and maybe adults are just trying to protect, right, in quotes, kids, mm-hmm from looking crazy again in quotes so that they don't continue to say, I see something that most people aren't seeing, but it's a, it seems like almost like a vicious cycle of um, we're open to the spirit realm and we, we, whether it's through quote protection, end up shutting it down until maybe until we get older again, like, like what you experienced where suddenly these, this, what was always there for you begins to open. No, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, kids are just naturally open, too, at a young mm-hmm. age until they reach that teenage point where, you know, the rest of the world is starting to shut all that down. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Even my kids, I went through it with my kids in the very beginning. They were big, both very open um, and both had gifts. My son was seeing stuff with his eyes wide open, you know. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's no longer happening because he's now a teenager and, you know, I just wanted him to be a kid. So I shut that down, but it's very true. You know, Um, it's very true what you said. But I get it, you know, as a dad, because I know there's, there's like that level of protection. Like I know you believe him, but having him go to school and talk about seeing ghosts, you know, basically um, is like very reminiscent of the sixth sense and what happened to the kid and getting bullied. And so uh, it's, it's just a tricky one. And it's, I, I hope that there is continued conversation just around this area and, uh, you know, just diving into energies and dogs always barking at areas. And you're like, what are you seeing? <laughs> Protect me on the spirit realm. <laughs> um, my uh, one more question on this kind of front, and then we'll just go into some some more of your actual process. If people are looking to yeah. sit on the medicine path is just around um, trusting, trusting the voice within. Right. Because I think mm. as we what do you recommend is the process of like, is, am I really getting a message? Is what I'm hearing really real? Am I just making shit up? Is that just part of the journey is going through that 
journey of, am I just making stuff up or am I really getting a hit that it's time to do this thing, whatever it is? Um, you know, I'll speak from my experience. It was a combination of both, yeah. you know, um, it was a combination of like a lot of doubt and then also me testing spirit. Like, okay, uh, I got this message, but I'm going to see if it's really true. Then I would go against what I got, what, what my intuition said. And then every time the proof in the pudding would be, damn, I should have listened. Yeah. Right? Totally. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I had to go through that. And then I also had to just learn those, those small nuances that we all have, like mm-hmm. which part of my body responds when I have that hit of intuition telling me not to go to a certain space, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's my foot twitches every time something's in me saying, don't do that, right? I have to mm-hmm. learn to pay attention to those cues of my mm-hmm. body. Because again, once you're, you're in tune with your body and like really are able to do that, which also takes some work uh, for folks and it took some work for me to learn and I'm still learning. Yes. Um, but that's what really, really helped. Is I love like that connection with my body. Yeah, I think those are really good practical practical advice, uh, practical pieces of wisdom and advice. Mm-hmm. T- to that point, I I have that too, but it's a certain pitch in my ear, particular. It's like a certain like all of a sudden I'll be like on some track or whatever this and that, and like I'll hear it's just one frequency I'll suddenly hear just for a second, and I can feel my whole body just being like, stop everything that you're doing right now. Like it's almost like mm-hmm. it almost feels like spirits. Um, it's almost like, you know, if our words are casting spells, right? Yes. Every time we say things, it's almost like wanting to take, like, like pull on the emergency break about whatever I'm doing. And I'm, I know it now enough where whatever it is I'm doing in that, in that process, I stop immediately. And I just stop mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm listening. Like, do you not want me to do that anymore? Sometimes there'll just be silence. Like, I'm not even told yeah. anything else other than like, you just need to stop whatever you were just doing right now. It's like, okay, <laughs> got it. Wow. Um, but yeah, and I and I think those things, you know, like you, your body. Obviously, a lot of people probably listening are, know this. We all know this one, right? We all, we get a gut feeling, uh, and then the mind talks us out of it. The mind then will will try it. Oh no no no! And oh, is that going to work? And this and that, and all of this different stuff. And then we don't do it. And then, like you're saying, then the proof is in the pudding. And so, um, yeah, I would say, like, certainly for me, that the trust has been. Doing it, even if it feels crazy, doing it, even if it feels mm-hmm. Ill, n- n- totally not logical. Like the mind is like, wait, what? And, but like, for some reason I got the hit to do something. It's just like, look, what's, it's almost like weighing, like, what's the worst that can happen? All right. Can you deal with it? All right. Then try it anyway. Like, okay. Yeah. And then it usually works, but I feel like it's, right. it's in within those little steps and the willingness that it might not work and, and just be okay with that, but just go in with yeah. it. And that's the surrendering part, yes. right? Surrendering to yes. that, <laughs> yes. which is yes. also a process of learning and remembering, yeah. like, I just have to re- surrender. Yeah, to, well, that's you know? one of my questions for you. So what does the word surrender mean to you? You know, practically um, speaking, what is surrendering in life? Yeah, you know, it's just staying in the flow of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this the stuff that you are scared to do, like the, the doubt, but just stay in the flow and, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, um, yeah. you know. Even when there's that fear and not voicing it, no, don't do that. No, this isn't for you. That's normally what you know you need to be moving towards because we all have those that ego that wants to keep us in the other spaces that we don't need to be. I think our ego is important 
obviously still, you know, we're not here to forget about it, uh, in my opinion, but, you know, it's that, that balance and, you know, surrendering to our intuition, um, our higher self, right? Because yeah. our higher self wants what's best for us, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> so yes. staying in that flow is what I, I believe it is. And like you said, you have those situations, right? Staying in the flow is listening to that pitch, me yeah. listening to my gut yeah. and et cetera. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So when someone comes to you and says, look, I'm not happy and I want to get on a new path, but I don't even know where to begin. What's your advice at a good starting place for people that are feeling completely lost with where to even begin, even though they know they want to start on the inner path? Okay. So then this is not with the medicine, right? This is the inner path in general, right? It doesn't. Just- it- Well, yes, this, yeah, you could talk it just, yeah, let's start with just a very broad question because my next question for you is going to be specifically about a similar question, but with a psychedelic. Got it, got it, got it. So I just wanted to make sure. Um, So, you know, what I've promoted to folks that have come to me was like in that situation, because it does happen a lot, especially with black and brown men, you know, me being like the only black male yoga teacher in Pittsburgh. There's no mm-hmm. other ones. <laughs> wow, you know, really? So in all of none. Pittsburgh? Yeah. What? None. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's not yeah, funny. That's actually wild. just like pretty, that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's, it's wild stuff. So, wow. um, you know, I, I tried to promote Reiki at first, but Reiki was scaring people away because, you know, when you talk about energy, they're like, okay, what, what is all this going on? I don't want to get into that. So in my opinion, um, I think the more uh, the the approach that can be open to everyone has been yoga, which is why I decided to become a yoga teacher, right? Mm-hmm. That was like the the, the entry way, because yeah. yoga is unfortunately associated with just working out, right? But there's a lot more to that, and in my classes, that's what I talk about and explain to folks. So that's actually been like the the entry and the gateway that I've been using during my path is we start with some some light yoga, right? And then we'll go into breath work. And then mm. people can see how, you know, these these practices are helping them release the traumas and stress that they have. And then from there, it can essentially go into Reiki and something else. But um, it's been yoga and breath work for me, how I've been explaining and, you know, making it the first step for someone that wants to explore walking down, uh, going to the inner path. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, cool. And now on the medicine side of things, if they are coming to you and, you know, they're feeling stuck and they're unhappy and they've been hearing about psychedelics and what they can do and sacred earth medicines. Uh, and they're like, what psychedelic, what earth medicine would you suggest for me quest? How do you approach that question with them? So I think that's a, uh, a tricky question to answer, you know, um, I'm one to just put my information out there and the people that are interested will reach out to me. But I have had a couple of people like not even know where to start. And uh, a good resource that I like to recommend is the Psychedelic Handbook by Rick Strassman. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that just gives you an idea of what psychedelics are, how they work with the brain, body, like start there and read that. After okay. we read that. So find, finding talk. research around like there are certain psychedelics that seem to work 
for certain things, uh, maybe not better, but like, uh, like, oh, I'm feeling like depression and mushrooms, or I'm learning mm. about MDMA and PTSD, or I'm learning about Ibogaine and addiction. Like, are you saying for people to start to understand at least what some of the uses are around yes. these things and then kind of help come to the conclusion what's calling them ultimately? Yes, that's that's what I uh, that's what I do in my in my work. You know, there's a resource, read, and then from there, after you digest the information, sit with it for a little bit. Let's have a deeper conversation around what you feel is right. But I also think it's important um, when you're working with people, you know, especially using sacred medicines, um, even if it's cacao, right? That's when the intake form comes in. Um, yes. Learning about what they want to work on, what traumas are still there inside, and like what goals are they are they seeking? So it's like it's two part. We do some research first, and then we take that and then go to the intake form. And then I think once you get through the intake form, that's when you can help someone figure out what path that they should take. What, which take. which ones? If you feel comfortable sharing it, and if you don't, don't don't worry about it. But which which uh, earth medicines do you particularly like to work with? Um, yeah, so for me, uh, cacao has been a huge, huge role, um, not only for myself, but also in my men's circles, right? Because it's a heart opener. And yeah. a lot of men, include myself, need to continue to work on opening up our hearts, right? Yeah. To help balance out things. So cacao has been a huge, huge ally in my work and yes it's not psychedelic but you know it's still considered an entheogen it's psychoactive and it can definitely there's a spirit to cacao and she's very very mm -hmm. present so um and sacred mushrooms sacred mushrooms um is something that i use personally in my life a very very deep connection with the mushroom and that's something that's really what a, a lot of my education that i put out to the world is around uh, the, the sacred mushrooms. So, you know, I do see a relationship developing with mm -hmm. 5-MeO DMT, uh -huh. yep. uh, you know, so, yep. but I've only had two interactions with five and it was a very, very clear indicator that it's not going to be the last, especially with how things are forming now mm -hmm. with uh, the returning to wholeness BIPOC movement that I have with Joelle, Charlotte and mm -hmm. Butterfly. So, you know, I, I do see that stepping in and I, I also feel like combo is something that will eventually make its way towards me mm -hmm. uh we get sat once but i, I can see myself facilitating that and um abogaine hasn't called me yet um so that's something that i'm not really too familiar about i don't really put out a lot of information mm -hmm. on that one um yeah. and then mother aya again She's made herself known to me during my mushroom ceremonies, but we haven't met one on one yet. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> I I love that. I I love that. What I find very interesting with people that are uh, on this path is how certain spirits of different things call to them. Like with Victoria, for instance, is a good example. Victoria Wushner, for those who have yeah, watched yeah, that yeah, episode and yes. seen it, uh, she's the one who has started Phi, which is a she's. Um, one of the facilitators at Tendava and she works with 5-MeO-DMT and that she's really dedicated her life to that particular molecule. Some people it's been, you know, I just met someone who they're there for them. It's, it's LSD. 
actually. Wow. And, and, um, and working with people on big LSD trips. And I was like, that's one I don't hear about very often, probably yeah, because of the sheer length of time. <laughs> it's so a long, long journey for, to be, take people through. But, um, but yeah, it's just very interesting to me that there's, um, it seems like there's different shepherds, if you will, of these different mm -hmm. things, which is, uh, which is really cool. Um, where can people, if they want to reach out to you, where can people find you on socials? If they want to consult with you, I know you've got a men's group. I'd love for you to talk about what are you up to right now, Quest? Yeah. So right now, what I'm, I'm honestly up to is just putting out uh, valuable and creative content. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's something that I've always struggled with like i've done it for my music but now like i'm in this role and i've i finally figured out that you know these these sections these intersections of me like tech creative wellness it's all who i am so mm -hmm. now that i've realized that and i can't shun one of them out it's it's everything so now it's just like really putting out a lot of content um out to the world and um, nothing really big coming up, no retreats or anything like that. But people can, you know, stay in tune with me on Instagram at Quest the Conduit. Uh, that's Q U E S T the Conduit, C O N D U I T. And it's the same thing for the website, www.questtheconduit.com. Uh, that's where everything's going to be, you know, me talking about my creative endeavors, spiritual wellness, and even tech, right? It's, this, this is who Quest is these three awesome. things and I live in these worlds. I love it. I love it. I'm actually on that journey too, by the way, of just like being all the things. I'm doing a whole big rebrand around Trip on This and Life with Cat Walsh right. and merging them. And um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it always brings us back to like no separation that we're like, we can hold right. lots of different interests and lots of different things. Oh, and man. yeah, I, I feel that really it's strongly. Really interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're, you're going through that too because it was something again that I was like fighting with and me too. Again, spirit was like, no, this is this is who you are and you can merge all three. So Ugh. I'm in that rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in that rebrand and like it's here. Like, okay, this yes. is it. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love it's it's actually like, I mean, I'll this would be like a spoiler and probably the first time people are gonna hear it on Trip on This, but um Trip on This is gonna expand more than just psychedelics and plant medicine. Wow. It's going to be just about, um, it's going to be a major part of it still, obviously. So don't, I'm not going to suddenly lose people on that, but, um, because it, because it's a major part of my life still, right? Like I'm not, not just like, because it's works and what people want, but because of my relationship, uh, continued relationship with them, but also just that realization of, um, but if people were peering into my show that people might think I'm like just tripping all day and just like psychedelics right. all the time. And, and, and that's actually not even the message that I'm, I actually say if you're listening to the show, but so many people just, they, you know, get little bits and pieces here. And, and for me, it's about living a really like how, like a wonderful life, like just wanting to, mm -hmm. for people to wake up and feel so good about getting to do the laundry and being so grateful that they get to do that, you know, and, mm. and living and, and living just, it doesn't even have to be like, I have to do all of these things, but just feeling good about our life. And like, how yeah. do we, how do we get there? How do we just get to the place where it's like, it's nice to wake up and get to whatever face my day and whatever it's going to be. And, and how are, what are all the pieces to that well-rounded life? And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited on, on my end too. It's also a little daunting, but I think all, all 
good things are daunting because it, it requires a lot of um, thought and yeah. new st- stretching ourselves in new ways. So um, glad you brought it up. So now, like sneak peek, everyone, <laughs> big changes for twenty twenty four. But that's not that's not until uh, probably like top of next year. So. No, that's cool. Quest. I'm honored that you shared that on this. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy it came up like this. When when you once you said like the merging, I I just that's been the message that I got, and I I imagine if we both got it, then um, there might be others listening and watching that also got that too. And if mm-hmm. if they've been getting that push of like siloing ourselves bleeds energy that there's not enough time in the day to try and keep parts of ourselves separate. Um, and also that we're doing a disservice to ourselves, but I think we think that we can just like, but our, it's like the natural putting ourselves in like different boxes and so mindful of like, I have to be just this for these people. Like, what if they see all of my personality and what I'm into, will they be into it then? Yeah. Like, and having to go through that whole process. And, um, so yeah, maybe we just gave permission for others who've been also fighting against, uh, unifying that it's the, it's the path for them as well. I love it. Well, course, thank you so thank much you. for having me. Here. So, oh, thank you so much. I really loved this conversation. I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. Yes, yes. Thank you all. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed it. It was so awesome meeting you in person at the mass conference and just like having those moments of dancing and just, you know, mm-hmm, running into mm-hmm. each other. I loved it. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And for everyone, as always, trip on this. <laughs>